And welcome back to The Word Encounter. We are uh, entering episode 40 now. We finished in um, Joshua chapter 4 yesterday, so let's move on to Joshua chapter 5. Verse 1, when all the Amorite kings across the Jordan, uh, when all the Amorite kings across the Jordan and to the west, um, all the Canaanite kings near the sea, heard how the Lord had dried up the water of Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed, o- crossed over, they lost heart and their courage failed because of the Israelites. So we see that the Lord is already, has already prepared the way. Verse 2, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelite men again. Uh, verse 3, so Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelite men at um, Jabeth. In verse 4, this is the reason Joshua circumcised them. Because if you remember, he's already given a rule of circumcision. Circumcision was to, 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 to seal the deal, if you will, uh, and to signify the covenant between God and his people. Uh, but this is why he did it. <clears throat> All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war, had died in the wilderness along the way after they had come out of Egypt. So they came out of Egypt, all those guys were circumcised. Verse 5, though all the people who came out were circumcised, none of the people born in the wilderness along the way were circumcised after they had come out of Egypt. And so you had all these babies that were born while they were in, you know, wandering around in the wilderness, and they weren't circumcised. I don't know why they were supposed to, but they weren't. And so uh, this is what uh, Joshua um, was instructed to do. And then we see in verse 8, after the entire nation had been circumcised, they stayed where they were in the camp until they recovered. Okay, so obviously there's some recovery that has to take place after this mass circumcision. Now, Now think. This had to be, the word says before, about 600,000 able-bodied men to be in the army, the Israeli army. And so all those guys had to be circumcised, 600,000. So I'm, I don't think Joshua did all that by himself with one flint knife, but um, wow, that's a lot of foreskin. And so we move on to chapter 13, excuse me, to verse 13. When Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him, with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua approached him and asked, are you for us or for our enemies? And so um, Joshua obviously didn't know who this was. Verse 14, neither, he replied, they have now come as a commander of the Lord's army. Then Joshua bowed with his face to the ground and worshiped and asked him, what does my Lord want me want to say to his servant? So uh, Joshua recognized, oh, this isn't just some regular dude. This is, this is the Lord. And so he bows and says, what would you have me do? Or what would you have me say? Or what would you say to me, I should say? Um, <clears throat> the commander of the Lord's army said to him, said to Joshua, remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. Now, this is, the word is referring to this, uh, the commander of the Lord's army. But we have reason to believe that this is the Lord himself. Why is that? Because, first of all, Joshua bows and worships him, and angels aren't to be worshipped. In fact, angels, when people would try to worship him, as well as men, would correct man and say, no, 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 you don't do that with me. You don't do that with me, homie. I'm not God, you know. 
And so, but he didn't do that here with Joshua. Second thing, it says, remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy. <clears throat> so Joshua was having his own uh, burning bush, bush experience like Moses did as he's coming face to face with the Lord. And we see here that the Lord like told uh, uh, Moses, the ground you're on is holy. That's because I am present here. That's not the case with angels. And so this had to be some kind of of, of uh, representation of God. Um, and that, that's, that's what we assume, that's what we conclude because of that. <clears throat> so we go on to chapter 6, verse 1. Now Jericho was strongly fortified because of the Israelites. No one leaving or entering. The Lord said to Joshua, look, I have handed Jericho its king and its best soldiers over to you. So he's telling, he's prophesying. He said, look, they're already defeated. You haven't done it yet, but they're already defeated. Verse 3, march around the city with all the men of war, circling the city one time. Uh, do this for six days. Verse 4, have seven priests carrying seven ram's horns trumpets in front of the ark. But on the seventh day, march around the city seven times while the pre priests blow the trumpets. Uh, when there is a prolonged blast of the horn and you hear it sound, all the troops give a mighty shout. Then the city wall will collapse and the troops will advance each man straight ahead. So this is the plan. This is the recipe. This is the strategy. This is how you're going to take down the city. <clears throat> and so then uh, Joshua informs all his troops, this is what we're going to do. We drop down to verse 15, early on the seventh day, they started at dawn and marched around the city seven times in the same way. That was the only day they marched around the city seven times. Uh, after the seventh time, the priest blew the trumpets and Joshua said to the troops, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city. But the city and everything in it are set apart to the Lord for destruction. In other words, he's saying, you know, uh, destroy everything. Don't take anything. Okay. He goes further. He says in, in verse 18, but keep yourselves from the things set apart or you will be set apart for destruction. And so don't take anything for yourself or else you are going to be destroyed. The instructions are very clear. We see in verse 19, for all the silver and gold and the articles of bronze and iron are dedicated to the Lord and must go to the Lord's treasury. So this is kind of a form of first fruits, right? Because this is the first time they're going into the battle, into battle in the promised land to acquire their inheritance. And he's saying, okay, take all of the good stuff, all of the, all of the valuable stuff, if you will, and set it apart because this is going into the Lord's treasury. So again, this is the reason why you're not to take anything. Everything is to go to the Lord. <clears throat> in verse 20, so the troops shouted, um, and the trumpet sounded, when they heard the blast of the trumpet, the troops gave a great shout and the wall collapsed. Verse 21, they completely destroyed everything in the city with the sword, every man, woman, both young and old, and every ox, sheep, and donkey. They killed everything. They did what they were told to do. In verse 22, Joshua said, Joshua said to the two men who had scouted the land, go to the prostitute's house and bring the woman out of there and all who are with her, just as you swore to her. In other words, keep your word. Go get her, bring her out. We didn't kill him. This was part of the deal, and this is what we're going to do. 
And then it says in verse 24, they burned the city and everything in it. So then they brought Rahab out with her family, and then they, they wiped out the city. In chapter 7, the Israelites, however, were unfaithful regarding the things set apart for, this, for destruction. In other words, they didn't do some things that they were instructed to do. Achan, son of Carmi, took some of what was set apart, and the Lord's anger burned against the Israelites. And so one man sinned, but the Lord's anger burned against everybody. That doesn't seem fair, but that's the way it is. It's like when you're playing in a sport and somebody commits a penalty or a foul, the whole team gets penalized, even though only one person did it. <clears throat> in verse 2, Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, or A, I don't know how you pronounce it, which was near uh, Beth Haven, east of Bethel, and told them, go up and scout the city. And so there's a land called A, and, uh, and so Joshua sent them in to scout the city. <clears throat> Verse 3, after returning to Joshua, they reported to him, don't send all the people, but send about two or 3,000 men to attack A. Um, since the people of A, or I, <laughs> are so few. Don't wear out our people. So look, there's, there's not very many of them. Just send a couple thousand dudes and, and let's, let's keep moving. In verse 5, the men of Ai uh, struck down about 36 of them and chased them from outside the city gate to the quarry, striking them down on the descent. As a result, the people lost heart. So they went in. They thought they would just, you know, lightly take these guys, wipe them out. But that's not what happened. Okay. And so uh, they got routed, they fled, and 36 of them got killed. In verse 6, then Joshua tore his clothes and fell face down to the ground before the ark of the Lord until evening. And so they got defeated. Joshua doesn't understand. He's, he's feeling shame. He tears his clothes. He falls face down. But in verse 10, the Lord then said to Joshua, stand up. Why have you fallen face down? This is, uh, um, Israel has sinned. They have violated my covenant that I appointed for them. They have taken some of what was set apart. They have stolen, deceived, and put those things uh, with their own belongings. This is why the Israelites cannot stand against their enemies. And so he's telling them, this is why they were routed, because they sinned. You don't know it yet. And then the Lord says, I will no longer be with you unless you remove from among you what was set, set apart. Joshua, fix this, correct it, or else I'm not going to be with you. <clears throat> and then the Lord tells him, the one who is caught with the things set apart must be burned along with everything he has because he has violated the Lord's covenant and committed an outrage in Israel. Wow, he must be burned. <clears throat> so we see um, that Joshua goes on investigation and they discover who did it. In verse 19, so Joshua said to Achan, my son, give glory to the Lord, the God of Israel, and make a confession to him. I urge you, tell me what you have done, but don't hide anything from me. Verse 20, Achan replied to Joshua, it is true. I have sinned against the Lord, the God of Israel. This is what I did when I saw among the spoils a beautiful cloak from Babylon, five pounds of silver and a bar of gold weighing a pound and a quarter. I coveted them and I took them. I saw what I wanted, and everything just left my mind, and I just took it because I wanted it. That's what Achan did. We drop down to verse 24. Then Joshua and all Israel with him took Achan, uh, the silver, the cloak, and the bar of gold, his sons, his daughters, 
his ox, his donkey, his sheep, his tent, and all that he had, <laughs> and brought them up to the valley of Accor. In verse 25, Joshua said, why have you brought this trouble on us? Uh, why have you brought us this trouble? Today the Lord will bring you trouble. So all Israel stoned them to death. They burned their bodies, threw stones on them, and raised uh, over him a large pile of rocks that remain still today. Wow. That seemed kind of harsh. But we have to remember, Achan defied a direct order from the Lord. And not only that, 36 Israelites were killed when they went the first time to battle Ai because of his disobedience. So he was responsible for that. You know, but his whole household, which include his, his, his daughters and his sons and his animals. Wow. But we go on to um, chapter 8. The Lord said to Joshua, do not be afraid or discouraged. Treat I and its king as you did Jericho and its king, except that you may plunder its spoil and livestock for yourselves. And so this time you can keep the loot. You see, all Achan had to do was be patient. The Lord was going to take care of him. He said, you can't take it when you go, um, uh, when you go fight Jericho or, or, or defeat Jericho. But when you go against I, you can keep the stuff. But he wasn't patient. And so the Israelites uh, fight the, the people of Ai. They, they wipe them out. They kill everything and everybody. The total of those that fell that day was 12,000. And so they wiped them out. <clears throat> How much? Um, you know, I think we're going to stop here and we will get into uh, chapter 9. Tomorrow, chapter 9 is, uh, is pretty interesting. And so uh, we'll pick it up uh, tomorrow. So everybody have a blessed day. Take care of yourselves. And we'll see you in episode 41 tomorrow. Bye-bye.